And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What is good, people? We got the full team back in the building today. You know him, you love him. The greatest tight end in college football history, the big Wookiee Nick Kronk. Nick, what's up? What is going on, everybody? And you see him down there in the bottom right corner. If you're watching on YouTube, the number one high school football coach in the nation today is back. Ready to spread his wisdom on the show. Sammy, welcome back to the show. What's up, Jet Nation? Tough, tough loss this weekend, guys. 27-22 L to the Minnesota Vikings. Man, this one has the feel that we had a few weeks ago when we lost to the Patriots and it felt like, man, that was a W sitting there for us. You know, I should just, just, just in that way, it felt the same way. Right. Mike, the other difference is that in that game, we only had 77 yards passing. Mike White had 369 this weekend. They were able to move the ball. This game was frustrating in a different way. That game, we couldn't move the ball at all. The entire day we had one field goal. This game, we did move the ball. All day in the red zone six times, you know, had a ton of field goals, had the one touchdown, even had two scoring opportunities at the end of the game again, and weren't able to punch it in, man. What a game. What a head scratcher in a lot of ways. I can't really say, you know, we've seen the great end of Mike White twice. We saw the bad game versus the Bills. This, Even though he had 369, this is probably right in the middle. Probably a few throws he'd like back. I think the interception at the beginning of the game was a catchable ball by Davis, but he did put it a little behind him. Barrios hold on to that ball at the end of the game. I know it was happening in a flash. Peeled onto that ball at the end of the game. Maybe we're having a different conversation right now, Mike. We're going to get into everything about this game right now. Uh, break it down, guys, for you. Mike White's play, the defense's play, the play of band night. But, Mike, what are your takeaways from this loss? 27-22, down 20-3. to They fought back. You know, they almost got themselves the win at the end. Mike White pushes the ball in, rushing it in the fourth quarter. Dramatic play there, dramatic review. What were your takeaways, Mike, from the loss in Minnesota? Um, I think that my first takeaway is the offense looked tremendous. Mike Weiss is uh, proving to me that, you know, even in the loss, he's obviously the right answer at quarterback at this point in the season. So that's really the main first takeaway. Um, Second takeaway is that I think our offensive coordinator can do a better job in certain circumstances. I think he's an above average to good offensive coordinator, but I do believe that um, he just didn't take advantage of some of the different situations. I really wasn't uh, agreeing on some of the personnel that he used for some of the different plays. I thought he could have used uh, different people uh, that would have probably ended up with a better result. So um, that was another takeaway I, I took 
from the game. But really, the biggest takeaway, if you want to just hit, put it to a point, is that the Jets are real. You know, they hung in there with the second best team in the NFC. And you can say that the Vikings don't have the greatest uh, defense. You can say a whole lot of things. But um, this team fought. They could have won. There were a number of plays there that if it had gone the other way, I think we would have took the W. Um, there were some big-time plays made by Mike White and this offense. Uh, that four, I thought that, that, that third down when he got crushed and peeled off the mat and then got up and had the fortitude to execute on fourth down, okay, and getting Corey Davis all the way down in there into the red zone, that was a money play to me. Said a lot to me about Mike White and what this offense can do. Um, Bam Knight show is uh, obviously showing all of us that it really doesn't matter what round you're drafted in. If you can hit the hole and make the cut, then you're going to be valuable. And I think that uh, even when Michael Carter comes back, it's this this dude is going to be the number one back until Brees Hall gets healthy. And then you're going to have this guy, Hall, and Carter going forward. So that was another quick personnel. But that, that those were my main takeaways from um, on Sunday. Yeah, and you know what, James Robinson, I'm sorry about your feelings, but it looks like Band Knight's legit, and that's probably going to be the guy we roll with. Uh, Sammy, we didn't get a chance to speak to you after Zach got benched or after Mike White had that tremendous game last week either, right? So I know you had a lot to say, probably a lot to say about both those things. We're going to get to that. This game, though, here with Mike White, the way he executed, the way the offense moved the ball, I know it's frustrating not be able to get the ball in the end zone there. Put up a ton of yards on offense, though. Does it seem like the rest of this year, at least, Sammy, this is Mike White's job to lose, and Zach Wilson's probably not going to be back in there unless Mike White just takes a tremendous nosedive in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I think that has to be the route they go. I mean, the whole game, as you're, as I was watching, all I kept thinking was, even when he doesn't look good, he looks better than Zach Wilson. Yeah. Right? Like, even when he made mistakes, the mistakes were better mistakes than what Zach would have made. Like, the ball was still in the realm of something that you could see a quarterback making the decision to throw. And either it's, like, deflected or, you know, some sort of circumstance. He gets hit, it gets tipped, whatever it is. Right? Even the bad things looked better when Mike White was doing them. Um, the offense seemed to be humming. He's getting everyone involved, which you love to see because that keeps everybody engaged in the game and it doesn't make dudes feel like, all right, well, today is just, I'm not going to get any looks today. So what am I really doing out here? Um, I just feel like the, the way that the team rallies around a guy like Mike White and the toughness he shows, like Mike just alluded to, even the slowest rushing touchdown of all time that Mike <laughs> had this week, right? Shows that toughness, the, the determination to at least get in the end zone and do it himself because they were having so much trouble finishing drives um i really like mike white out there i mean that's what 700 yards in two games we've known that we've had the offensive talent to put up those kind of numbers all season and it's nice to just finally see it so it's a no-brainer for me i think even if mike white has a really terrible game unless he gets hurt i don't see them taking him out yeah i agree with you and you know the last two games guys garrett wilson has 13 catches 257 yards and two touchdowns I mean, that, that's pretty good for two games. His 162 yards this past weekend, the most since Eric Decker in 2014. So it's been a hot minute since the Jet had a day like that. Guys, 23, they're down. They made the comeback. We know we got in the red zone, weren't able to score. 
And I think that's one of the most frustrating parts of this game. They could have easily had 40 points in this game. When the, when, the, when the smoke cleared, the Jets had 486 yards of offense. The Vikings had 287. You outgained them by 200 yards. And that interception at the end, I know, ended the game. That was them just trying to force the ball in the end zone. He had three completions before that. Um, you want that pass back? Yeah, I think the interception at the beginning of the game, Mike White could have put that a little bit in front of Davis. But when you go through these scoring drives, guys, like I was saying, this is the opposite of the Patriots game. They go 12 plays, 45 yards, get a field goal. Six plays, 33 yards, get a field goal. Eight plays, 43 yards, get a field goal. At this point, we're all frustrated as hell. The next drive, 12 plays, 62 yards. They get the ball to the six-yard line. Holding penalty on Font right away. So they actually go backwards on that drive. On um, the next play is five. Five plays, 63 yards again. So they were able to move the ball, but only getting field goals for a while there. Eventually, they do punch it in. Uh, Bam Knight with a big run on that play. They only had to go five plays, 75 yards because of Bam Knight's big run there to make it 22-27. And then after that, you have this frustrating sequence when they get the ball back. They get the ball basically to the one-yard line, and we can't get it in. Uh, Sammy, we, was prior to that, too, the two other drives are in the red zone. They can't score. The drive at the end with about a minute left. They're at the 19. They had four straight incompletions. That drive aside, the rest of these drives, Sammy, in the red zone, like, like Mike said, I didn't see the most creativity. Easy for me to say, right? But Mike White, even in the red zone, only had six completions. He was pretty good everywhere else. In the red zone, could he get it done? So maybe you put some of the blame on him. But the play calling, Sammy, from your vantage point as a coach, what did you see when it came to the play calling here in the red zone? Because I know a lot of Jet fans, when the game was over, had a lot of criticism criticism about LaFleur, like Mike mentioned earlier. He would like to see some different personnel packages, try something different in there, maybe use Conklin a little bit more. Didn't do any of those things, Sammy. You end up with only the one touchdown. What was your takeaways from the play calling of LaFleur this weekend, Sammy? Um, I think once you've seen it once in the NFL, that's sort of it for that kind of play. And you saw a lot of the same sort of end around jet sweep with Perios reversals. You you saw the same thing that the Jets have done to get the ball in the end zone. And that's not going to work in the NFL. It reminds me of like when the Dolphins brought out the Wildcat and then everybody just figured it out and then it disappeared from football. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's that same idea. I mean, you saw I didn't see a back corner fade once. Right. And you've got Denzel Mims, who's been playing actually pretty good of late. Conklin, who's a tremendous red zone weapon all season. And Corey Davis is back in the lineup and had been making big catches the whole yeah. game over the middle of the field in tough coverage. So, I mean, if if I'm I was looking at before, I thought it was atrocious what he did in the red zone, um, the, especially being that Knight had 15 carries for 90 yards. Like why at no point did you decide to just try to give him the rock? Maybe try like some sort of misdirection, some sort of shovel, some sort of screen, get the kid out in space, see if he can catch the ball. I don't know what his capabilities are. It's only been two games, but I really thought LaFleur, if anything, all of his growth can really be in the red zone and getting more creative with, like Mike said, getting those player personnels in because you have big physical. I mean, I didn't even mention Garrett Wilson, right? But you have like these yeah. big physical receivers who get open in space and we didn't even utilize. And what is, what is Uzoma? Six foot seven? Right. I mean, so you have a bunch of guys that in the red zone you think naturally would be targets. 31 for 57 for Mike White on the day. 57 attempts, man. That's a lot of attempts. 369 yards. They not have a great QB, to rate, QB rating because of those two interceptions. 90 yards rushing for Bam Knight. 15 catches. His yards per game the past two games, guys, is up there with the league leaders right now. 
you know, with McCaffrey, with Justin Jefferson, you name it, um, for two games at least, Van Knights being as productive as Brees Hall was. Garrett Wilson, like I said, 162, as Sammy mentioned, good day for Corey Davis, five catches, 85 yards. Quinn and Williams with a, with a sack there on the defense. Defense, I don't think, played great. They th I think they played good enough to win the game, considering the amount of chances we had on offense. Uh, Mike, when you look up and down these stats, though, I mean, my takeaway, I mean, people are kind of looking at this. We said this last week. Let's see what happens in the Viking game. Let's see what happens in the Bill game. And then we'll judge Mike White. And so far as you're considered, uh, so as far as you're concerned, Mike, did Mike White's stock go up, go down, or stay the same? So um, you see our boy Garrett Wilson, right? He's probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year if he continues. And it's funny how when anyone other than Zach Wilson is quarterback, he's exploding. When I see our young players, our t offensive weapons actually being exercised into their potential, that tells me that the person delivering it is of higher quality than the one that can't do it. Yeah. And so I'm seeing Garrett, I'm seeing Corey, I'm seeing the running game, I'm seeing the offense be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Can you give, um, uh, before I continue, can you give uh, the listeners uh, the stat you gave me in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Of the, because I, I, you said that to me, and that just blew my mind. I, yeah, I listen really to heard... this, uh, Sammy. Check this out, because you didn't get to hear this before the show. Jet fans... Perk your ears up when you hear this in regards to our offense. The first game, the first three games of the year, we know Joe Flacco started. The game versus the Ravens, we had 380 total yards of offense. The game versus the Browns, we had 405 total yards of offense. And his third game versus the Bengals, we had 328. That's Joe Flacco's three games. These two games with Mike White versus the Bears, 466 versus the Vikings, 486 of total offense. So you take those five games, you average them out. That's about 413 yards a game of offense the Jets are gaining. The league leader right now in the NFL, guys, is the Chiefs at 423. That 413 would place the Jets second in the NFL, ahead of the Buffalo Bills. Just, just to reiterate, guys, the five games Zach Wilson has not started this year, the Jets' offense ranks second in the NFL in yardage. Guys. Wrap your mind around that. Guys. When everyone's trying to, to to defend Zach, and I get it, right? Because even even my I was doing the same thing. We're on here not trying to bury the kid. But last year we said, man, when everyone else plays, the offense looks a little bit more polished. Obviously, it's more productive. But now, guys, five games into this year without Zach Wilson starting, every single one of those games, besides the Bengals game, the offense has balled out or had 400 yards. I mean, this is 380, 405, 328, 466, 486. Those are the five games without Zach Wilson. So I know it was disappointing to lose this game this past weekend. Obviously, we wanted the W. Obviously, we felt like the win was there. I wish Mike White would have played better in the red zone, guys. But when you look at what the offense is able to do when he's not playing, I mean, excuse me, when Zach's not playing, it's number two in the NFL. Sammy. Did you did you know that? Did you did you even know that information? Had, is that I, not is that not does that not exact does that not say to you, Sammy? We have our answer when it comes to Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I I had no idea. That's incredible. Um, and 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 there's a few reasons why, right? Because Mike White just delivers a better football, and it's clear, especially on anything underneath. 
because where the ball is put is where a receiver can catch, turn up field, and go somewhere with it. And you saw that a ton. Now, Mike White leaves a lot to be desired in terms of as soon as you get him out of that bubble, there's a lot of struggle that happens there. Um, But in terms of if you give him a clean pocket and a little bit of time, and you can see him move, he climbs the pocket well, he shuffles through it, but he has to stay in that thing. But he delivers a nice, clean ball that's got some zip on it. Um, and I think the receivers really like that because they know he's good, they're going to be put in good good situations to succeed and get yak. And that's what receivers love to do is get yeah. that yards after catch. That's a good point, dude, because that's what you've seen. For some reason with Mike White, you've, you saw it with Garrett Wilson a little bit with Zach also. Because Garrett Wilson has been good when he's been given opportunities the entire season. We know that, guys. But somehow with Mike White in there, he's getting the ball in stride and just making plays. He did it last week. He did it the week before. I mean, Garrett Wilson is shining. When you look at last week's game, like I said, guys, 369 yards passing. The Vikings only had 159. Shut first cousin Dude, down. He outplayed Jefferson. Oh, I, he Jefferson, did. I was going to say only only 45 yards. I mean, Jefferson had a touchdown, and Jefferson's a great player. Don't get me wrong. That game this weekend, Garrett Wilson was the best receiver on the field. He was. I mean, it, it no is argument. clear cut. And and did you hear? Uh, um, uh, our 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 cornerback got called out, or they were asking him about how uh, his job was covering Jefferson and um, does DJ Reed, and he essentially said I was in his shit the whole game, and said something, and then Jefferson was like, "Yo, that's because your safety was covering me, and you guys were double whatever." We'll and then and then JD, and then he responds, and he's just like. Yeah, that's because you're the best receiver on the planet. Yeah, duh. What the hell? Like, yo, <laughs> like, what do you every, expect? Look, we all what the way that Justin Jefferson's covered is similar every week. Either he's has the best guy on him, or he's doubled, whatever the case may be. But for some reason, the Jets are the team. Did one other bad game this year. The Jets are the team that shut you down, bro. Yeah, touchdown. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't really kill us. Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook had a good game. I think that was probably their best weapon on offense, guys. When we watched the game, they were making some good good holes for him, and I don't. They don't, they don't run the ball as much as they used to. He still seems to probably be the best weapon they have sometimes when you watch their games, but they don't run it that much. But you come away from the game, and offensively, they dominate most of the stats. You know, Defensively, they had a little bit to be desired. Wookie, you're the most frustrating game. So let me ask you, Wookie, your opinion. Is it more frustrating, Wook, a game like the Patriot game where the offense is just putrid the whole day and you take an L? That game ended, obviously, in the worst possible way you could imagine. Or is it more traumatizing to move the ball all day up and down the field and still take an L? And you look at the stat at the end of the game, you dominate the other team and you lose. Which one of those to the Wook is more frustrating? Well, I think it's the latter. I think it's the one where you're in the game. You, you're, you're uh, by uh, all intents and purposes, aren't. it wouldn't be a shock if you're expected to win that game because of how good the defense is and especially holding as you said, uh, Jefferson to the 40-some-odd yards in the TD. So it looks like the defense held up their end of the bargain as far as being a winnable game. Um, I think in the game against the Patriots, you kind of knew at some point, all right, this isn't going to work out. So you kind of, as a fan, can be like, all right, on to the next week. What do we got to do? Obviously, the team's not going to be thinking that in the game. They want to try to put their best effort uh, forward. Um, But to me personally, it was always a, a, a tough game that we were into the end that we lost because we knew we could have won the game yeah. uh, for a couple of plays here and there, but it's short lived because there's so many games in the NFL. You, you dwell on that for too long and then you're in a catch game. Uh, so you, you have to put that behind 
you 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 chalk it up to okay, we knew we were there, we were close, we should have won that game. And next time we play them in situations like that, we will win a game like that. It's a building experience for the team. I think it'll help them out down the line. Yeah, I agree. You know what? Also, I mean, Mike White doesn't have that many starts. So all of the, I know we always look at this in the terms of Zach Wilson. We wanted him to play this year and get this experience, right? You got to kind of shift your focus, Jets fans, to this is now Mike White playing great statistically, but also he's getting experience. This is all good for Mike White. And especially we're able to sneak in the playoffs. I mean, got some help last week. Patriots lost, the Chargers lost, guys. We're still in that last spot right now for the playoffs right now. I know last week stunk, but insofar as playoff standings go, we're still right there. I know this Bill game is going to be tough. We're going to get into that in a minute. The four games after that, are, I think, are all winnable, including that Miami game, no matter how good they're playing. Another sack for Quinn and Williams this game. An, one tackle for a loss. He had two more quarterback hits, guys. There's something I didn't get to mention last week when they played the Bears. Daryl Johnson calling the game. I don't know if you guys heard this. When he said that the Jets defense is good, but it's not great because it doesn't have a difference maker on the defensive line. That's what a national broadcaster said on national TV. As if Quinnen Williams doesn't even exist. As if he's not the best defensive tackle maybe in the league this year. Well, it's Daryl Johnson. He's not working with many things, many cells left up there. Let's... No, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Well, I just, I mean, he did get <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking, kid. I know no, what you're saying. That's how you say that on, on TV. Yeah, he said, and I, he did get trolled to the left of the game. I thought that was interesting. Another sack, though, for Quinn and guys. He's killing it this year. Whitehead, 11 tackles, nine more tackles for CJ Mosley, 116 on the season. It's a weird game. They didn't give up many yards, but they did let the other team get in the end zone, mostly in the first half there. After it was 20 to 3, they only had one more touchdown there. The Vikings, guys, tough loss, but like we said, we're still in it. Playoff hope still looking good. And we pivot, guys. We pivot to the Hill People. Hill People game number two. Now, with the defense playing really well, obviously, the first time he played them, and Zach was, did enough in that game to win. Zach didn't necessarily play great, but he did enough to win. We ran the ball pretty well. We were able to sneak a W out from the Hill People at home, beating them on the road. It's a different story up there in Orchard Park, guys. We're going to get into our predictions for the game. But, man, after they played us, they have won a couple games here, Mike, but... I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen hasn't killed it in these two games. They beat, they played the Browns 31-23 victory. They lost right after us again, as we know, to Minnesota. But they played the Browns one. They played the Lions one by a field goal. Beat the Pats last week. I don't. I mean, I'm interested to see what Jet team shows up here, man. Because when they played with Zach Wilson, we didn't really try to air it out too much. Kept the ball, kept it pretty conservative on offense, right? I don't know if that's going to work this time versus the Bills. I think we're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I think that the run game with Ben Knight is going to be important. The Bills offense ranked number 10 in the league. You can run the ball on them a little bit. Interested to see what you guys think about this game this weekend, man. That We've had two games here with Mike White. One win, one loss. He's played really good in both. But we know last year, that game that got him put back on the bench. Now, Zach was coming back anyway. But I think it sped it up was this Bills game. Four interceptions. Kind of a nightmare spot for him. Bills defense not as good this year as last year. Von Miller just got hurt. I do like our chances this weekend, Mike. We've already beat them once, so we know we could do it. Do you think it's possible, Mike, we can go in there and do it again this weekend in Buffalo? Um, I think that our team is built to handle a team like this. Our zone defense was phenomenal against Josh Allen. And Sauce, when you look at our cornerback, Sauce's press coverage, his, um, his skill set, is just pristine. Ridiculous. I mean, right now, guys, 
right now, you you can argue. I, I think Sauce is definitely a top five corner. You could argue he's he's what maybe top two, top three, or even actually the best corner in the NFL right now. I mean, he you know the only downside to him is that he gets a little bit physical with the cats, and he's probably going to get some flags thrown on him, but. He's he's a lockdown corner, guys. And then you got Reed on the other side, and he's going to be all pro too. And what's wild is like um, Sauce. You know, we we he's you know if he continues with what he's doing, and I don't want to be just crazy in what I'm saying, but this guy is a Hall of Fame talent. I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 out. Outrageous. You know what, Mike? It feels so, weird. I know when you're saying it, it feels like there's trepidation to say, is he the best corner in the NFL because he only played, what, the 12 games? So right. I know when you're saying it, it's like, this doesn't happen. It, like someone, someone doesn't, like, come in the NBA and win the MVP. Like, people right. don't come into the league at that corner. No one comes in the league at that position and plays this well. It just doesn't happen. Right. So, you know, going off that, you know, you got you got digs, and you know what was crazy is I was I was listening to I think it was Play Like a Jet um, podcast, and they were talking about how the Bills scouted um, Sauce because they know that Sauce does his homework. He does his homework on the teams that he's about to be playing, and knows the receivers he's going to be playing against, and watches tape. And they knew Sauce knew that Diggs never ran a go from the scrimmage line just a go route ever he always had a route whatever he never ran a go so they hit him with a go first play and and sauce caught him off guard because sauce wasn't expecting that the tape never said anything like that and they they their their coaching staff knew that about him and then they play so that that's game of chess something for sauce to learn so they're gonna try some tricks coming up here but their receivers to me are really outside of digs or jabron I'm not afraid of of, of of the and so when they're playing zone and then they're just teeing off with the four, as long as they can contain Josh Allen, I'm not afraid of Josh Allen either. Uh, as far as trying to pick apart defenses, he's got a big arm. He has the big play. We already know what he does on the ground, but I feel like our defense is built against him. And to be honest with you. You know, I think Mike White is going to learn from what happened last year. This is a moment for him to really encapsulate everything that is Mike White because the only bloody stain on his record is the Bills game. So go into Buffalo and play a good game and really you erase the only mark on your record because last week definitely wasn't a mark. That first interception was tipped in the air, okay? And other than that, the guy operated the offense. And then the last play, you know, he was trying, you know, the only thing I could say that I didn't like about what he, uh, his play last week was his red zone efficiency. But yeah. other than that, I mean, he looks good. He looks solid. And this guy, you know, he puts heat on, he puts mustard on those balls. And the, and when the people are saying, oh, he can't, he doesn't have a deep uh, arm, like he can't throw deep, that throw that he almost hit Garrett Wilson, he did out throw him a little bit. Yep. I mean, that was... Middle. That's just by a little bit. That was a thing of beauty. And then that touch pass to Uzama. What? Son. Yeah, like nice. there was there was some that was a good catch, too. Yeah. That was a yeah. great pass, though. Yeah. The way I was funny, I'm watching with the wife. And since Tina, you know, she's not the biggest football fan in the world, but you know, she went to a bunch of games last year. And she happened to go to the Mike White game versus the Bengals last year on Halloween. 
And going into the game, if you guys remember everyone in the world saying Jets are going to get smashed, it's Mike White making his first start. The Bengals are great, blah, blah, blah. We know how the game went. The, the jersey's in the Hall of Fame. So that's now her favorite player, Mike White. So when she heard Mike White starting, Wifey's actually watching the game with me. And I'm just remembering, Mike, because that pass you just said, she was like, wow, that looked really hard. And I started laughing because, like, the angle they showed the pass was like you kind of pivoted to the right, hit that angle on the pass. He's six foot five, dropped it right in there. Not an easy pass to make, not an easy catch to make either. Um, And it's funny when you watch with someone that doesn't watch all the time and she's watched Zach enough that now she doesn't even pay attention because she just, you know, she, she likes Zach. She likes how he looks. Doesn't think he's the best player, my wife. Um, Mike White, though, doesn't matter. Mike White's dropping dimes in there, guys. And, you know, I, I don't know, Mike. I think that it's tough to think that they're going to beat the Bills twice in the same season. Right now, 10-point underdogs in Vegas. No respect for your boys. No respect. E- even though we got the W the first time, no respect for your boys, guys. Like I said, the Bills offense ranked number two in the NFL. Defense ranked 10. We know they're super well-rounded. Diggs is a problem, as we know, I think. Um, Davis is a pretty decent receiver, Mike, but they don't really kill you with anyone else out there when it comes to the wideouts. I mean, Allen runs the ball. We know what their offense is going to do. And we've been talking about the Bills now for three years. They haven't changed. Their personnel is tremendous. Every time we played them, it's frustrating. Um, 10-point underdogs, I think, is a little disrespectful. What do you think, Sammy? You're Mr. Optimism, half glass full at all times for for Sammy. What do you think about this weekend? How do you think it's going to shake out Jets, Bills, in Orchard Park? So I like what you said about pushing the ball downfield, and I like that Mike White has got the gusto to do that. I think he enjoys doing that, and I think he does it well. So I'm interested to see what kind of shots they take on this Bills defense, which I don't think is going to get to the quarterback much without Von Miller there, to be honest. Um, I think we should worry about three things, running backs out of the backfield and tight ends over the middle of the field because that's kind of been our weakness quite a bit. Um, even Mattinson touchdown, right? Um but I got to say, we haven't talked about it yet. The offensive line looks really good. Mm. And no matter who's in the backfield running the football, they're getting yards. And they're getting a ton of yards. Um, so I think that's a really positive going into this week. Mike White's on a high note. I think we could really take this W, um, as always, because I always think the Jets are going to take this win. And I can always rationalize it for the fan base and the squad out there. All right? <laughs> and let y'all know, like, you know, and you mentioned Sauce, just a, a quick tangent. You know he could be our first rookie to make the Pro Bowl since Eric McMillan in 1988. Yeah, Eric McMillan was, was one of my favorite players when I was younger. Three interceptions in the game once. Yeah, yeah. So that's the man right there. I'm not, I'm not concerned about Diggs. I think he learned a ton playing against Jefferson and shutting him down for 45 yards. Um, so I'm not really concerned about Diggs. I'm not concerned about Josh Allen. I think you'll see a lot of the same from that Jets defense. Like, beat us. You know, like, find find the open windows and make accurate throws. Um, and I don't really necessarily think he's good at that skill set. Um, yeah. So I think if we can kind of contain that, because James Cook looks really good for them, Dalvin's younger brother. He's been crushing it over the past couple weeks. So um, I think that, sorry about that. I'm by a window. But if we could do, do those few things and put the kind of pressure that we saw with Q and Shaq and, uh, or with Carl and all those dudes, um, I really think the Jets can come out on top here. Yeah, I mean, Max Mitchell, um, that's a good point. Max Mitchell came back last week. He's hurt again. I think he's going to be out for the season. But the offensive line has played well. George Fawn came back last week. <clears throat> One thing that worries me, guys, now, I'm not saying all these guys aren't going to play, but we know Max Mitchell's out. 
Um, Joiner, DJ Reed, George Font, Dwayne Brown, Corey Davis, and Ashton Davis. Everybody is questionable for the game this weekend. So we'll find out before the game. We're hoping everyone plays, especially on the offensive line, we'll probably need to help the most. I think Rousseau will be back for the Bills. No Von Miller for the Bills. So I like that very much, guys. This team, you can throw the ball on this team a little bit. And I mean, Zach Wilson, 18 for 25 the first time he played them. I think he had like 150 yards or something like that. We're able to run the ball pretty good. Pretty conservative approach that game. Um, but we won the game. I think you could do more with Mike White. That's why I'm interested to see how the offense looks this game, guys. We know when it comes to the Bills, guys, um, Singletary rushes the ball a little bit, but don't really worry about them too much in the running game. I like our chances this weekend, too. I think 10 points is just disrespectful. Just disrespectful to the Jets. Well, considering Pete, the I... defense, Mike, considering they only give up, what do we give up, 17 or 18 points a game? So you're saying the Jets are going to score a touchdown? That's like I, I'm. That's how I look at those type of things. That bothers me, Mike. Well, Keith, um, I just think this game. There's a few major points in this game that we need to hit. One is, what are the two games that we had the most hope about Zach Wilson? It was against Tampa Bay last year, and it was against mm-hmm. the Bills this year. And people thought that, and me and you included. I mean, we were like, "Wow, Zach played a really good game." Yeah. You saw a lot of comments like he turned the corner, X, Y, Z. And he had like, what, 150 yards yeah. and a T? I don't even think he threw a T. And it's like, and it's like, yo, we were just like cleaning, clinging on to that. And, and again, the Bills at, at Buffalo was White's biggest stain. So if White can go into Buffalo and get a W and outdo what Zach did, I mean, it changes the, the whole narrative. Um Number as far as Mike White's going to be the starter for the rest of the season, and then maybe even into next year. But that's still another. Yeah, topic. Mike, Got when you factor when you factor sacks into the last game versus the Bills, Zach threw for 136 yards in the game, and we ran in that game for 174 yards, and that's even without Brees Hall. So that's kind of how that game went, and we played defense. So I mean, we're on the same page here. I think the Jets definitely have an opportunity here to go and shock the world. I'm just so I'm just so surprised the spread is what it is. What do you think, Wookie? Buffalo this weekend. I know it's a tough one. All right, you don't you don't have to go with the Jets. All right, well, I'm putting the pressure on you. But you think Jets have a shot this weekend in Buffalo? Of course, I think they have a shot. I think they have more than a shot. Um, I mean, we always joke Keith, in 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 fantasy about the law of averages, and you don't want to beat a team a couple of times in the regular season, have to see them in one of the first rounds in the playoffs, but. I don't know. There's something about the Jets team this year and the Giants team, too. I apologize about mentioning them, but New York football this year, it seems both teams are legit now. Like, we're on, we, we've turned the corner. It's no longer talking about changing what we have to do in the We're there. We're both getting there now. And now we have to keep riding those waves. And I think with the, the defense the Jets have will keep them in every game they ever play. There's not going to be any offense they ever have to really be worried about. Um, I, I, I got the Jets winning by a field goal and Mike White getting his redemption in a fourth quarter drive to set them up for the field goal that oh, won. Do you hear that? Now, Wookie, Wookie has been speaking yeah. a lot of things Probably. into existence this year. I got to admit. So I like what Wookie's saying. I like where his head's at. And like Mike said, and like Wookie just said, and like Sammy said, the game out of all the games, the game Mike White started that we all look at and it's kind of the one in the back of our heads. Why no one's 100% all in is the Buffalo game from last year. So, I mean, this is the chance to correct that. This is a chance to kind of get, even if, even if the Jets don't win, but he plays well, 
Um, I think that'll solidify him for the rest of the year. Obviously, we want a W, guys. We get a win here. I mean, that's massive to get that eighth win at but this point with I, those four I, games left. I, have, I haven't been honest with you guys, though. I, I'm on Twitter. There's this thing called Spaces. And these essentially, it's a room where all these people join and they talk, whatever. And there was a, a space Woody Johnson was on. And I thought it was a... Uh, or not Woody Johnson, excuse me. Um, Woody, Damian Woody was on. Yeah. And I thought it was a jet space, but it wasn't. It was a Bills space. And they were just going at Damian. And because Damian's a big is actually a big Jet fan. Um yeah. he's he's on our side. And so I was just listening, AEBG yeah. in the in the in the background, just listening. And the it's not just the disrespect, but it's the the gall in which they speak um and how reckless they speak about us um and about how the win that at buffalo or in new york earlier you know a broken clock is right twice in a day there were a couple of these comments there's one dude in particular i'm sure i'm sure that i'm sure one, the people one, were just one hill one hill one hill human in particular that i i copy pasted his his id and i wrote down what he said because when if this happens and we take that w oh trust i will be word for word talking on this show what this man said on that space and i will be tagging him on twitter and blowing his shit up all yeah. day because yeah. and because these people these hill people it's like they think they're they've been winning super bowls but they don't realize that they're their most pathetic franchise in sports they lost four straight super bowls you know it's one thing for you to lose one or two championships you know the go- the, the the drive all season to get to the end and then lose is tough it's tough because it's like you've suffered the most and you didn't get there but to do it four times in a row you are the ultimate patheticness in sports <laughs> you couldn't once get over the hump okay and you guys are centered up in canada talking shit okay okay you know what let's go man you know let's you know and they did say well we're a little surprised that the jets matured as quickly as they did but they're still the jets like yeah. the way they talk about us man dude I'm I'm with you. I hate the Patriots the most, but I hate that fan base the most. There's no qu- there's no question about it. Why is so weak? Is he out here taking receipts? I like that- Mike got all the receipts. ABG is keeping the receipts now, guys. That's known. Mike is keeping manual like- receipts. He's tra- he's he's transcribing actual receipts like getting printed out from transactions. He's transcribing them down like he's writing them out again. Yeah, Mike. You know when you see those. Uh- like emotional sports movies and maybe it's from a country or a place in our country or somewhere where the the area is maybe downtrodden and the sports team in that area is all they have now i think of that thought when i think of buffalo fans because i've been to buffalo i've seen what it looks like i see the people floating around there i know what the population is looking like the past 40 years declining the place is a hellhole okay the people there's knuckles are dragging on the ground no one has two eyes staring in the same direction Bearded but you want to talk smack fine all right knock yourselves out i'm not going to even stress that with the hill people they can get at especially when they have a superior team and now they want to what now the white trash is going to pop off 
Canadian white trash New Yorkers are going to pop off on the Jets. You just took an L to Zach Wilson. He's the worst quarterback in the NFL. You should be saying nothing about the Jets right now. But I get it. I get it. You know what? I'm going to go ahead, Mike, and say I was going to predict a tough loss this weekend, but now I'm so hyped and overcome with emotion. I, I think my, I think I feel like I'm flipping the script here. I think I'm going to flip the script because I was 50-50. Thinking about beating the Bills twice is tough, but they have not been playing that well to me the past six weeks, no. the Bills. Now, they're winning games. Don't get me wrong. They're 9-3. I wish we were 9-3. Josh Allen's great. I like him a lot more than Mike. Don't get me wrong. Tremendous players everywhere. But, man, look at this Jet offense when Zach Wilson doesn't play football. It's pretty good. And this Jet defense is better than the Bills defense. Not even close. It is. Much better defense than the Bills. So, I mean, where it used to be, even a year ago, for us to sit here and have an actual conversation of us saying, hey, look how we match up with the Bills. We would get laughed. Our our podcast would get canceled. People would laugh us off the air, Mike. We can do that right now. And I'm not saying it's because of Mike White. I'm talking about the defense. But the the, the numbers I mentioned to you about the offense when he doesn't play Zach Wilson, it's even better than the Bills offense. Yeah. All right, so it's a small sample size. It's five games. I get it, guys. I'm not getting nuts. I'm not saying Mike White would lead us to a top five offense. But, hey, man, when Zach doesn't play, the offense kind of comes. So I'm going to sc- screw it, man. I feel like we're going to take this W and just ruin the hell people season. Take two dubs on these fools. So when we see him next year, we can talk a whole bunch of smack. Mike, I could see, I think it's another game they're going to have to score points, though. I don't think they're going to hold the Bills to only 17 points again. Um, I think it's a game the Bills are going to go p- above 20 points. We're probably going to have to go above 20 points also to win. Going to be a tight one. But just like Wookie said, I like that end of the game. Hell, people in the crowd, nervous as hell, because they already lost to us once. You know they're talking smack all over the place before the game. And what happens if you lose? We got nothing to lose. If we lose, everyone goes, oh, the Jets should have lost. They're 10-point underdogs to the Bills. If you take a second L to the Jets, a second L this year? I mean, that's just that's just um, that's just tremendous for Jet fans, for our team, for our franchise, but also for us knowing how Hill people will go to sleep that night. And in their minds, like, we took two L's to the Jets. I, I just One of them think, is Zach Wilson. Keith, I think our defense matches up perfectly against them. Yeah. And that's why I think we're going to win. Because, and I'm not, uh, again, I'm not going to be, like, the ultimate Jet fan, like, you know, uh, waving pom-poms. I'm being honest. Our defense is built against that offense very well. And I don't think that Josh Allen is the greatest thrower of the football as far as breaking down defenses he he again i've i've already told said it amazing arm amazing athlete can 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 make those big plays but he's not the way aaron Rodgers used to be he's not a surgeon okay and as long as we sit back in zone tee off with our four defensive tackles and have Quan and 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 uh, and um our linebackers running around there and knocking people over I think really we just got to make sure that we don't let Singletary or any of the other uh, weapons that may not be yeah. as big of a threat uh, get leveraged. And we're going to contain this team. And as long as Mike White can keep the offense moving, uh, Ed Oliver obviously is going to be wreaking havoc along the defensive line. We have Tredavious White back. They're going to put him on Garrett Wilson. We're going to have to use Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios yeah. out there in the cut. We're going to have to use our tight ends more. Milano's back. They've got their Poyer. So um, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy game. Is Mike White going to have some interceptions? Potentially. Yeah. But I like this game, and I like the Jets. And I like them winning this game and then really fighting for 
the uh, divisional game at the end of the season against the Dolphins. Yeah, you know, 63 years the Bills have been in existence. 1959 was their first year. Won zero Super Bowls. I know, I know ours is a long time ago. It's in yesteryear. But when that graphic pops up on ESPN, teams that have never won a Super Bowl, who's right at the top, guys? Buffalo Bills. So you can so, have you can have your inferiority complex because of where you live geographically that you have to hate everything at the bottom of the state where it matters. I get it. Um, but you won nothing. So I don't know really where the confidence comes from and the bravado to attack Jet fans. But that's the way sports are, Mike. You know, especially on the internet, you're going to get a lot of tox- toxicity from fans. And you add into the equation, Michael, white trash humans. That's what you're going to get, you know. Yeah. Did you see Adrian's comment? What do the Jets need to do in order to get in the end zone when in the red zone? Yo, what I would say, Adrian, is the, the, I would look at the last game as an anomaly because that I, I read a stat. They were one for six in the red zone. That's the first time they've done that in like 30 years or something like that. And if they just were 50% in the red zone getting a touchdown, they would have had two more touchdowns, man. I don't think they need to tweak things too much. I think like Mike said earlier – if you're at the one-yard line, I know they threw it twice. They gave Bam one carry there. I can see a little bit more of Bam, Bam, Night Mike. Maybe when we're with outside the five or closer to five, get Conklin involved. We have these targets like Davis and Conklin and Uzoma. I don't see fade routes. I don't see one-on-one. I don't see them figuring out ways to get Conklin in a one-on-one where he's a pretty big guy. I love his matchups one-on-one against any linebacker, you know? So those are the type of things I think they tried doing most of the year. You can't really do them with Zach. But I think when it goes when, when you get – this game versus the Bills, we can't be kicking field goals all day. There's three. I have three answers for Adrian: fades, mesh routes, slants. That's yeah. it. They're timeless for a reason. They work at every level for a reason. Those three things will get you in the end zone. Just do it's, one of those three I, things. I have one. It's, I have one thing for Adrian: Elijah Moore. Can we use Elijah Moore, please, in the slot yeah. on slants? Barrios was getting that ball. That shouldn't have been Barrios. That should have been Elijah. I know. And Elijah Moore, that play at the end of the game, we didn't talk about it too much. Um, when they, sh- You know when they showed the replay, guys? They had that really sick camera from behind the end zone. Remember how they showed? I mean, it's a good example, that replay of that play, guys, of just how hectic it is for an NFL quarterback because you see all hell breaking loose and this little window and Mike White fits the ball into that little window. He puts the ball. He put the ball the only place he could get it through to Barrios. If he put, if he leads a little bit more to the left after the interception, right? So he put the ball the only place he could. And Barrios moving full speed couldn't hold on to it. He should have caught the ball. Barrios said the same thing. Um, if, if he makes that catch, like I said, this conversation this week completely different. You know, completely different, guys. What a game, though, guys. Heading into next week, hopefully we take a W. Mike, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, man. If everyone wants to get out and support us, ABG in any way, shape, or form, Mike, where can they do that? Well, guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Leave a comment. We can. We really appreciate all of the engagement. Um, on Facebook, we're at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, we're at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG. Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for the love last week for Mike's White Knight video he made, which was a big hit, a lot of fun. You know, we love the Jets. Anytime we got a chance to have some fun with the Jets, with a player having some success, maybe make you guys laugh, bring you some extra entertainment, we're always going to do that. So great job by you last week, Michael. Signing out, my name's Keith Farrell. You got the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. You got the number one tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiee. You got the number one coach in the history of high school football, Sammy O'Hare. 
next week, everybody. Peace out.